0: you mm-hmm.
1: Welcome to Soul-Inspired Leadership's latest leadership podcast. Today I'm very excited. I have a good friend of mine, Gary Henson. Now, Gary uh, is the author of uh, two books, namely I Am and...
0: Notes to a Younger Me.
1: Notes to a Younger Me. That's that's it. My mind went blank for a second. Thanks, Gary. Now, basically, Gary's um, leadership with Gary has been closely at the forefront for many, many years. Uh, He says himself he's been five-plus decades of spiritual searching, and that's as I have been doing that, Uh, spiritual searching and growth. And his two uh, books uh, basically do help people grow. I can say that uh, quite easily because it's certainly helped me. Um, Gary has a former, uh, like I say a former wife, but... He was the head of HR in a uh, global uh, MNC or mid-size MNC, so director of HR. So he's got a lot of uh, corporate experience and particularly people experience. And then he was a lecturer at um, a college in business. So, And then he saw the light, as I say. He's gone to put his uh, thoughts and mind into practice by producing two books which uh, the details will be at the bottom of our notes on our podcast, the links to purchase them, because he's put his thoughts into action by putting it into print. So welcome, Gary. Thank you. Today today we're talking about uh, leadership, and we're talking a bit before we started recording the podcast, just a bit about uh, your leadership experience. and you're talking about you lecturing and uh, in the business side of things. And that the main focus was leadership, which is, which is one thing I really like, only because too often people go to lectures on business and all they hear about is business, the process of business. And at the end of the day, the success of business all comes back from leadership. So if you get that right, the rest happens. So so, so just enlighten us there given all these discussions with students, for example, and underpinning and from your experience, how do you see leadership um, in your mind?
0: Yes. I, and uh, like I, like I said, Ross, um, I spent a lot of years in the corporate world and built up that way. And I was, um, you know, pulled to to working with people. So more of the the softer side of business. And so uh, I was in HR and then I went into academia um, and I was a department chair of business management and marketing. And so fortunately I was able to kind of develop my own classes and work with, you know, some of the best (laughs) students. Yeah. And so I had a lot of fun with it. And and um, we would constantly be addressing the issue of leadership. You know, what is, yep. what is the definition of it? And, um, uh, I would let the students, you know, work through it over an entire semester, sometimes over two or three classes, you know, and I would use a lot know. of history. I'm a big believer in looking at history and looking at famous leaders of all walks of life and, um, learning from them. What are they what did they do? Right. What what, what mistakes did they make? Yep. Um, and um, some of the principal concepts that we came up with over the years, and this was like 20 years of teaching, yeah. you know, we, we talked about uh, an important concept of leadership is passion. The leader has to have a passion for whatever they are endeavoring in. And that could be nonprofit, it could be for profit, it could be religion, it could be politics, yeah. you know, but whatever they're, whatever they're trying to accomplish, they have to be passionate about it. Um, and the second one that was important to me is why I was always geared towards people more than the quantitative stuff was respect. I I, I want to say like about ninety percent of the bosses I had were terrible bosses. Yeah,
1: well, that's probably a fair, fair point. And, and I, I used to, I time
0: used, time. To, yeah, <laughs> I used to tell students you learn more from a bad boss than you do from a good boss. Oh,
1: uh, most definitely. You're,
0: Because we learn when we're in pain or discomfort, right? And so you would say, "I'm not going to do that when I'm in that position." You know. And so I had a lot of like Theory X bosses, you know, dictators, very inflexible. Um, And so I was always teaching students the importance of respect. You need to respect these individuals, and that you can't accomplish things through fear, but it's limited. People under fear. They're, yeah they're not at their best, and so developing that respect and that led into the third component, which um, was kind of respect in reverse, was influence so if you if you're passionate and they can feel that, if you're treating them with respect, and then you start to develop influence for them to get
1: on board whatever your mission is that's right that's right. And you- you hit it on the head there, it's, it, and see that the, all those three, everything else comes out of that. Um, the, you know, like you, you, it's it's moving you from being a manager, a good manager of process, which is management, to leadership, and to me, that's the catalyst uh, of being a good leader. Uh, it's that appreciation and connecting with people, and you need the passion for it because you need to want to be a good leader. Not I've coached many executives now, um, and I've had a couple of uh, people I've coached over the years that, but basically, I had to repair them. In other words, either either get them to move move in the right direction, or they're probably not going to be here, Ross. And the ones who wanted to be a good leader, they just a bit misaligned or mis had had misconceptions about what leadership really is because I taught the wrong way. They could do it. The ones at the end of the day that couldn't accept the ambiguity of people and, and when they look within themselves could see that I don't want to be a leader of people. Yeah. They might be a leader of something else but not a leader of people and they're the ones that always fail, right? At least they admitted it and they went off happily or they, but the bulk of them have gone off happily realising they now found their their true true self.
0: Yeah, and, and many times that bad leader the dictator type leader was either brought up through childhood and early yeah. jobs and coaches and things like that and they were taught to believe that you have to instill fear that's the only way you know the employees will will cheat a lie you can't trust them yeah. you got to crack the whip and and if you can't get that out of them then yeah you're in trouble like, that's a hard one cuz that's so inbred, you know
1: It is. And and that's, as you're saying it, I'm thinking of a gentleman and a coach that really that basically was his life. He had a a father that was very black and white, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then he went and joined a company that was the same. So he thought that's what leadership was about. So he then came to a company that knew what leadership was about, had a leadership leadership, 10 commandments basically on everyone's wall, on the edge. Once you started managing a group of people, you were given this framed basically behaviours, right, that everyone had to adhere to. Um, he would have adhered to probably two of them. He got the worst 360 result I've ever seen in my life because he was trying to do the right thing, but he thought that was the right thing. Once he realised through discussions that that's not the right thing and, and getting the 360 feedback, was, which I said was the worst, he turned it around. Because he wanted to be a good leader. He had a passion yeah. for leading people. Just oh, is that what, like it just was a revelation for him. Um, so I know what you're saying. That it, it's just so important. Um, and it's all got to come from that That passion comes from within. Yep. As well.
0: Yeah, it's, and um, that trust. The trust, You know, yeah. you know kind of like, the, you know, they, I believe like you can't be in a healthy relationship unless you are healthy relationships within yourself. Like you can't love somebody.
1: You can't love yourself.
0: Totally healthy, unless you have a healthy love for yourself.
1: I think the same, same time. Way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's the same way with leadership. It's, you know, if you've got a lot of insecurities and fears, and you have some of this distrust of humans, then that's the way you're going to lead.
1: That's right. And, it, and
0: again, it can be effective, Especially in emergencies, catastrophes. You get but, on the head. Yeah. yeah. Companies, you know, going bankrupt and you just need to get things turned around or something. But truly to get the best out of humans, you need to trust them. And you need to yeah. trust them within you. It's gotta be real. You gotta be you have to adopt a concept that people are good.
1: People yeah, that's right. You're right, Gary. Like there's a um, a situation, it's like a good leader leads in any environment, Yep, leads in any context. And for me, when you're talking about uh, historically what some of the good leaders do, years gone past, people say, oh yeah, but the world's changed, that's rubbish. Humans are humans. What good leaders did 100 years ago, 50 years ago, 10 years ago, is the same thing now. It's those three points you're saying. What has changed is managing in the future, managing now to managing 30 years ago, the actual process of management's changed, but the leadership capacity and the capabilities of people has not. Because it's still it's still the passion, the influence, the uh, respect. That was the same as three hundred years ago, and that's what would would have worked all the way through. And you're right there. It's you can you can be a tyrant, but it's not sustainable. So it's an emergency. It's like I'm not be collaborating here. Do this yeah. or else because the building's burning down. Yeah. It's like you listen to the fire warden, you take the order and you run because you see the need is necessary to take the order. And you want someone to give the order because there's such a mayhem, you want this solid voice saying what to be doing. But once the calm comes in, that doesn't happen anymore. You, you, To be the business sustainable, you want people to be you know, using their discretionary performance, doing all these things, empowering all these other connective connection points—that's what you want, right? So that then you go back into that more leadership. Uh, um, what's the word? More more reliance on leading people rather than telling people
0: and influencing. Yeah, you know. And I I just watched a
1: documentary
0: on a General. Um, uh, from the civil, our civil war, which was the 1860s, um, mm-hmm. and his name was Grant. I don't know if you're familiar. Uh, U.S.S. U.S.
1: U.S. U.S. Grant, Reverend, uh, not yeah. yet.
0: And um, so much to learn. Um, and I had read his autobiography when I was very young.
1: Yeah.
0: But some of the things that kind of stood out—that was when I would work with students, always would be like, "What? What is the takeaway?" If we would read something or we would watch something. And so the what I took away from from this documentary which was very good it was on our in the history channel um several things one he was always positive always optimistic yeah it, 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 you know, obviously there was a lot of people dying you, you know and, and many of the generals were taught uh that retreat was a very positive thing he didn't believe that he would just keep pounding into all of his people we are going to keep moving forward Mm-hmm. And I, he always believed he was going to win. And he basically did. He, would, he had a lot of casualties at times, but he basically won every significant battle he ever was in, you know. And it was that positive. The other thing that really stood out was his flexibility. Like so many, he would come in with a plan. Yep. And within hours, if it wasn't working, he was willing to adapt. Right. So many managers, uh, you know, they have a business model or whatever. This is what's working. Uh, and they're just going to keep shoving that down, you know, without you. He would he was willing to say, OK, this ain't working. And he would quickly. Um, and, and then another issue that really yeah. that impressed me was in the chaos, he was calm. You know, yes. Yes. And, uh, and I was telling my wife, I obviously never was in that type of position. But whenever I was in a position when things were crazy, I felt that same thing, like things would just slow down. I would be very positive and just start solving problems. And sometimes it's... like an employee would come into my office, uh, com- you know, complaining about something. And I'm like, we're not pointing any fingers right now. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do to get from A to B? That's you right. know, we can look back later and reflect, you know. Um, so I'd
1: always try to calm them down. Let's solve problems. That's know? right. And that's, that's taking the emotion, of, the emotion out of it and dealing with it in a bit more way, a reflective way. Yeah. Uh,
0: so that's an example of looking at somebody historically, you know, um, and and learning, some lessons, learning that, some lessons. Those are all applicable for it,
1: modern leadership. It's, it's, it's so true. there's Nothing's changed in leading people. Um, just the context around it but nothing's changed in the actual uh, ability to lead people.
0: Yeah, and sometimes, like you were talking about, if people have worked under this very uh, uh, dictator type leader, then they're also conditioned that way. So when you come in with a very, you know, respect and theory, why management, and it sometimes it takes them a while. You know yeah. they, they have to realize that you really do trust them. So it could t- take a while. It could take a year or two, you know, sometimes even. they have to be- and then once you get to that point, and this is the same thing in coaching, it's the same thing in teaching yeah. you have to make a connection. They have to Amazing. they have to understand that you're there for them, you know, the servant leadership, like in, like in teaching. That's right. um, yeah. The same thing. There are teachers that are just tyrants, you know, yeah, and, all stuff and they think that every student's trying to cheat and stuff. But huh. you, you, I would do the same thing. You develop that climate of respect. I respect you. You know, you respect me. Treat with respect. You know, and all the same things. Don't reprimand you in public. You know. Uh, hmm. assume that you're always trying to do your best, those types of things and it starts it changes things.
1: It does. And like it and people actually if if their if their supervisor, their boss is, is treating them with respect and actually trusting them, they find it more difficult to portray that. It's when a leader or a manager, I don't call it a leader, a manager of a process shows and displays um, like regulations or Whatever it is that we don't trust you, so you've got to do this. So people then tend to tend to gravitate towards what what they expect you to be doing, because it's like you don't trust me, so who cares? Um, but when you do trust, people are more more attuned to trying to do the right thing because the fact you've been you've been trusted, you've been
0: empowered. I I in several cases like I would take out the time clock because to me and i would teach this too like time clock says good morning i don't trust you you know the okay. first the first coming in is you need to and i would do the same thing in 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 classes i would never take attendance
1: Yeah.
0: yet i would have almost 100 percent attendance all the time so it wasn't part of their grade i didn't start every class with the you know, check marks and who's here yeah, and who's not, not here. They tell you that this is gonna be 10, 25% of your grade or something. I just, I, and I would tell them that. I assume you signed up for this class because you wanna be here. I love it, I wanna be here. And, keep, and again, once you develop that respect, they want to come to class. That's
1: right, yeah. that's, right. that's leadership, right, and that's leadership. And that's leadership behave the same way. That's, that's exactly what you should be doing. So you hit it right on the head. Um, well, uh, it's ca- coming time for a close. Go, okay. These, these chats go very quickly, Gary. <laughs> sure, just, sure. It. just sure. Particularly when we're having chats. So we might, we might look at having it on again one, one point
0: uh, later in the year. Yes, maybe we can take a little different angle or something yeah, down the road. Yeah, that's all right. So look,
1: um, I do thank you for that. Any, any sort of um, closing remark you have?
0: I, you know, I appreciate uh, the work that you're doing. You know, I've been listening to a lot of your podcasts, and and uh, very similar to what what I preach is that you know leadership moving into a much more spiritual aspect of yeah. leadership. Um, and so I love the work you're doing, and uh, yeah, would love to continue to keep working
1: with you down the road. Uh, thanks, Dan. And, and, and you, you hit on here there a bit that just makes me think. Like to me, when we talk about connection and passion. To me, they're they're emotive, and they're they're more spiritual. Yep. I'm mean, a human being um, that that comes from within. Passion comes from within. Connecting with people, with empathy, etc. all comes from within. So that's the spiritual aspects of people. Um, so that's why we that's why we connect and we get on so well. And that's why I read your books. <laughs> Enjoy them. Okay, All then right, I will
0: have to send you a copy of the, my other book, and I'm actually working on another one now, too. So,
1: oh, good. Well, keep, yeah, that's, keep doing that. Um, I might get anyway. Yes, I, I look forward to the read of that one. Anyway, look, till next time, it's been great having you on a guest to a song inspired leadership. And you and thanks for listening, everyone out there that um, we, get, we get listened to in 53 cu- countries now. It's been downloaded, so I saw the stats yesterday, so I'm really happy about that. So anyway, Gary, thanks for coming on. Much I appreciate. I wish you and all the listeners good. Thank you. Thank you.